Welcome to the Shine Shine Geek the Shine Geek and Fast Fret podcast. Done. Well done. Okay, we're gonna use that. <laughs> Welcome to the Fast Rat and <laughs> Fast Rat and Sean Geek podcast with me, Sean Geek. Todd is busy at the moment. He is out on a stage playing three sets for a paying audience. I'm fucking ecstatic that he's out there performing. Would I like to be out there performing? I still, I still think I'm on the fence. I still think that I'm not really sure if I want to go play again. It's just one of those things that I, I, I just don't really know where I'm at. I mean, I love being in the studio. I love creating stuff in the studio. But I do remember what it took to play on stage. To give you guys an idea, I would listen to... Uh, no, I was so on, on the car ride, on the car ride to, um, to practice, hey, I'm going to just adjust the image here there, get my big fat head in here. Um, <clears throat> when I was going to practice, um, when I was going to practice, um, what I would do is I would uh, warm up, right? There was a whole thing about warming up. And and for those of you that don't sing and you're a guitar player or a bass player or drummer or, or whichever, um, as a singer, you're, there, there's things that you, you suffer as a singer there's things that you have to worry about. There's the health of your voice. There is the, um, there's, there's a whole bunch of maintenance required as a vocal, as a vocalist. And, um, there's so many various aspects you need to take care of. There's a physical thing. So when I was performing in the classic embers, which is the band that I had with my brother and my dad, and a couple other guys. Um, it, it was key we could, because we we'd be playing generally about four sets a night, so each set was forty five to 50, forty five to fifty minutes. And I was singing for all those sets. I was the singer in that band, and later I was the drummer and singer. So it was, um, it was twofold in terms of uh, prepping for shows. But one of the things that I had to do as a as a prep was making sure I was physically fit enough to actually be, to be able to perform because, um, and, and drummers can probably relate to this when you're drumming on stage and you're going to do four sets of 45 to 50 minutes. Um, there's a whole stamina thing. It's it's a long distance runner sort of situation. Um, when you're singing, it, it is kind of the same thing, but it's a little bit different in that you need to make sure that you are, um, you need to make sure that you are engaging the crowd. So you're moving around, 
And when you're moving around, it's difficult to hit particular notes if you are in the middle of a jump or, you know, running around. But you really have to strategize how you move on the stage, when you're singing, what parts, when. Um, and then the longevity thing is, is sometimes you might take a shortcut when you're singing and you might hit a particular note and try to be, <clears throat> try to push it a little bit harder, I guess, you know, you might go, ah, but you really should be going, ah, but, um, using a bit more vibrato from maybe lowering your body or, or, or whatever. But, um, but when I was singing for the embers, I used to train. So I used to do running. I used to do weightlifting um, because um, I, I, I don't know. I, do I know anything? I'm, I'm a complete idiot, right? But I used to work my chest out and I used to do deep breathing exercises where I would inhale and I would inhale for seven to 10 seconds just and hold and inhale as hard as I could for as long as I could. Hang on to the breath and then let go. And I used to do this continuously for whenever I was singing. So basically my lung capacity, I, I was always expanding my lung capacity, but I would always do running because endurance was a thing. Because if you're running around on stage or particularly when you're drumming, you need to have the cardio to be able to pull it off. And, and, and cardio is one thing, but cardio and I don't know, confidence is the right word, but if you're singing and you're running around and then you stop, and then you got to sing. You don't want to be going. You don't want to take that big breath. So if you're out of breath and you need to take that big breath before you do the vocal, before you sing the line, like there's there's a whole thing there. So what I would do other than the, the running and uh, the weightlifting to get my strength up, because your legs have to be strong to, to, to run that long, I would warm up with the... Um, the Colin Hay album. So on the way to practice, especially particularly in Dome, I built a playlist around the going somewhere by Colin Hay album to kind of, um, I felt that the transition of songs um, on that album were pretty good. They're a little bit off, but for in terms of warm up, he had a gradual, um, he would sing this lower register. He would, um, um for for example um let's see let's see if i can find the song and then you'll you'll see what i'm saying so he has a song called i'm doing fine which is probably my favorite colin hay song colin hay by the way is the singer for men at work but he had a um a really long <clears throat> um career uh, as a solo artist, much longer than his time in minute work. But this is the song I would start every warm up with. So I'm just going to play a second here of it. We'll get into it a sec, but the general idea here is there's a, he's starting in a lower register and he's working. So it's kind of a warm up song. So. Hello. Have to excuse me. Out the light. So there's, so here generally, like there's, he he he's not pushing too hard on on, on his chords. He's just kind of like, kind of gradual warm up. Just I'm just gonna, 
kind of sing the notes here. I'm, I'm not pushing too hard. I'm, I'm staying in this really quiet cold register, right? So I would always start my warm up with this song, and then I would move on to um, his Going Somewhere album. I'm just looking it up here, which is a really great album, by the way. So then from there, uh, I, I think I took it out of sequence somewhere, but it's probably this song that came up, which is, uh, which is a great song called Beautiful World, which I think was one of his hits. I'm not really sure. So now he's, he's a little bit higher than the register of the last song. He's not pushing too hard. Blood breakers. Hmm. A man can still be free or a woman. Are one. I like swimming in the sea. So he's not pushing too hard here. He's he's in a he's a slightly higher register than the last song. Not pushing too hard. But as I was working from the last song to this song, as I'm into this song, I'm 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 not hitting all the notes for sure. Like, but I'm I'm warming up all the the muscles around the particular notes that he's singing. He's not, there's, no, there's not a lot of push, though. It, it's very, very, very casual. So then we go into looking for Jack. And again, now he's going to be low again. There's always looking for Jack. So he's not pushing too hard here. It's still kind of, because he has a generally higher register in general. But he's kind of looking for Jack. He's, he's not pushing too hard here. He's he's pretty pretty easy going. And then we go into going somewhere, which is the lead track of this album. And this one he starts really pushing. So this is the third song into my warm up. And here he's pushing a bit harder. A little bit of push, adding a little more tremolo. Here is hitting the high note. So by this point, when I'm at at this point in my warm up, I'm I'm I'm, I'm again I'm, when I'm hitting the the high notes of the chorus here. I'm not quite hitting the high notes, but but my my muscle folds are I, I don't know what all the technical terms are, but all my folds are kind of working a little bit better, warming up a little bit of rust, but I'm shaking that rust off, you know. And then I go through Wayfaring Sons. Again, it's lower, but there's a bit of high in there. So I mean, he's he he's progressively getting a little bit higher till he gets to this song, waiting for my real life to begin. Again, going somewhere. Beautiful guitar part here too, by the way. Underrated as a guitarist, you can kind of tell where the notes are going. Get a little rasp in there. It's just kind of beautiful. It's holding those notes. So at this point, the warm up, I'm I'm kind of warming up to holding longer notes and testing to see if my 
vocal cords are going to hold those notes without cracking or, or oops, sorry, or having an, an upper or lower fluctuation on the note, like to see if I'm just kind of, kind of fuck it up, I guess. <clears throat> but this is kind of the real test of the point of the warm up to see uh, my warm are those vocal cords warm warm enough yet? Is my you know is there enough uh, um, humidity in there for me to hit the notes? And kind of work my way around. So again, I, I hit up to Maggie. I don't know why, which is this one here, which is uh, it's just a him singing, and there's no nothing else but him singing. So here I'm, I'm I'm working on getting the tremolo right, seeing my war voice is warmed up enough to kind of he's he's doing that little acrobatic part there, and that's so by the end there's a couple more songs here that play I, I think I inserted uh, inserted circles errata in there, a um, couple songs from a couple of his other albums, so this would be my warm up so this is every day on the way to dome because dome was very difficult to sing. Um, there was a lot of screaming, a lot of screeching, a lot of really pushing my voice to the limit. So I would go from here, and depending on the the the, the length of the drive, but sometimes I would just sit in my car and just keep keep singing, like just to make sure I was fully warmed up. Um, but then I would move into uh, Super Unknown, which I'm sure you're familiar with the album, and then I would I would progress on to here. So. I, I would skip Let Me Drown because it, it 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 starts off too um um it, it's too much like right away so I'll, I'll I start a little slower on Fell on Black Days and I would I would jump into this song I'm calling A to see if I can okay so I, I'm warm let's see if I can actually hit it. This is a bit higher, but this is more like this is my register right here. See, I'm not warmed up at all, so I couldn't even do this right now. But, but I would hit this song. I think I would hit Nickman. Yeah, this one's good because it's really low. And again, for me except for the high note there. But I would use these songs just to warm up the lower register. And I felt if I warmed up the lower register and kind of moved up the scale, I'd eventually kind of shake all the rust off of all those levels. And then, um, I, I, you know, um, this, this this one's tough. Like the day I tried to live, I would eventually get to this point where I could do this song in my warm up. So eventually I could get to this point. So the general idea here is 
<clears throat> as a vocalist, it's really fucking difficult to try to get to these points um, to actually be able to sing the Dome songs. Now, some of them may not sound that difficult to sing, but um, especially Head On, which eventually later became redefined, it was very difficult to to get to that point. Warming up was so freaking critical, and I didn't think about this shit when I was 20 years old. I just fucking did it, right? But I don't, I didn't in my 20s, I didn't have much control over my voice or I didn't understand how things worked. I didn't understand breathing. So when I was in my my 20s, I, I took some vocal lessons and they're like, you're breathing completely wrong. You're breathing from your chest. You're not breathing from your stomach. And one of the things was in the band I was in at the time, which was Salty Bear, I was drumming and singing. So I would sing some of the songs, Dan would sing some of the other songs. And so I didn't have to be able to sing an entire sets worth, set worth of material behind the kit, but it was difficult because you're you you kind of jumping up and down on, on the on the kit and trying to keep your your your, your pacing. But when you're 20, like you've got endless endurance. But anyway, um, so my my warm ups for dome days for sure were forty about forty five minute warm up. Then I'd go to practice and, uh, you know, Alex would tune up and the drummer would tune his drums and Todd would be, and then <clears throat> hopefully by then my voice was warmed up enough to, 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 to hit the songs we were doing. Now, some of the songs were easier than others. Like a breakdown was, was, was pretty, pretty easy, but there was a couple points in there that were a little bit tough. Um, of course, you have no idea what I'm talking about unless you know the song. So this is Breakdown. I was like doing the song first because it was a nice kind of jump between the two, the, high, the higher and the lower. I mean, it doesn't seem overly complicated, right? But coming up to this part here. Right here. So originally when we were doing this song, it was a complete utter. A complete scream for that part which is harmonized by the bass player at the time, pre-Todd, actually. Uh, Mike. Mike would uh, just do a complete scream in the back, so I didn't have to tear my throat. He was totally sacrificing himself at the altar. Um, but um, there was, like, there was other songs like Penultimate. No, we'll just skip ahead here. This one was, like, very easy to sing. Here we go. This is penultimate. This is totally in my comfortable range here. It's just putting on a little bit of polish on the voice. Acquiesce. It's pretty simple to sing. But this song required a lot more emotion live, like to pull off. Um... 
I mean, this is a personal song. This is a song about my dad. Or no, wait, not penultimate. Sorry, I'm totally on the wrong song here. Let's see. This one's not bad. Um, Paradigm, sorry. This is a song that's pretty... Uh, Here we go. This is a paradigm. Turn up a bit, I think. Totally within my range. It's very simple to sing here. More important to convey the emotion than the, uh, the note. So this song, this song is about my dad, his death, and um, the, the concepts that were placed upon me in particular. Well, actually, me specifically on what I needed to do with my dad's legacy after he died, his musical legacy. And there was a lot of pressure on me to to do what everyone thought my dad would want, like what was important to my dad, musically speaking, what Todd and I are supposed to be doing, but specifically for me, because I tend to be the, not the alpha male, but I tend to have a, a strong opinion and attitude about things. Um, if I have an idea or a vision for a song, I'm pretty much going to fight tooth and nail to to make sure that my vision sees through. Even if there's changes to a song and how we, you know, how we're going to process this and and, and what we're going to do with it, I'm 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 pushing pretty fucking hard. Um, because in me in my head, when I'm writing a song, I have a full visual of, of what the song is. It's not just the words; it's not just the music. There's even a, a, a scent, um, a, a, a auditory thing, but there's also this visual palette that I see when I'm writing a song, and it was very key, especially especially in this song, to have. I needed to explore uh, many things in this song about my dad and and how. It was more important for people to tell me what to do about my father's legacy than honoring my own legacy. So, you know, but, but I mean, even a song like um, Be Famous was very, very difficult to sing. Because, um, again, all the songs in this album were all very personal. And um, this song here was about being enslaved in a relationship where you were walking on eggshells the entire time. Like this part is well within my range. Fucking fun to sing this live, man. This whole fucking part here so much fun to fucking play alive and just the way that Oli was just crushing it on the drums like the, the audience would get right into it listen to the words on here man like 
I don't know if I ever wrote more relatable lyrics. This part here, I would push it a little bit too hard live. Pushing a little bit hard, a little bit live, because I'd be, at this point, I'm totally getting into the lyrics, totally getting into what I'm singing about. Uh, I, I'm ranting and raving, and I'm getting pissed off at the people that have pushed me and other people that I know down. And uh, I'm just fighting for survival in this song. And I don't know, I took this song very personal. Um, another one that was challenging was Descend. Yeah, this one, fuck, I just took this one too far live most of the time. And there's a bunch of parts we cut out. Like, there's a whole bunch of vocals in this beginning part. For this first line. The guys made me take it out to preserve my voice. Hell! What does that sound like? Okay, if I can say anything, this was um this was part of the trifecta. Like the first three songs, they were part of the audition. So when I decided I wanted to be, I wanted to sing for our hard rock, our harder rock band, and then I heard Alex was looking for a singer. So when I went and auditioned, he gave me this song, "We Are Machine," and uh, "Breakdown." But it was like really rough. It was him. It was Brett and Mike, and um. You know, they kind of just recorded off the floor and it, it was kind of structured, I guess. Like Alex had an idea of what he wanted. So he sent it to me and then I wrote lyrics over top of those three songs and kind of built a melody and and I guess changed the song a little bit, like just a couple of little bit of timing things maybe. But um, this one was like, I don't know, man. I was like, I could feel what Alex was putting down it was just a sense of depression and and um being under like there was this big sense of this song was being under things and 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 things pushing down on you and um i think the song title came before any of the lyrics came and um and i just came up with this whole sense of like bobbing in the water and, and trying to keep your head above water and that descend as you as you descend and you're like wondering how long you can hold your breath for as you go down, but then you just bob up, gasp for breath, and then go back down under. There was even a sense just in, in the style that Alex was playing. Um, but anyway, like this, it was easy to get carried away with this song. Just because of the, the galloping nature, I, I kind of like... Start, I'd start jumping around on stage and stuff. Here I used to push myself too hard. Probably maybe Tony back in the studio. I was like, no, don't push too hard because pushing too hard, it looks like you're working too hard. Yeah, we're going to skip that back there. So in this part here,
There's an underlying vocal there that uh, Mike used to do, our old bass player. It was important to be like shouting at that point. And it's that whole fight for survival. Your fight, like when you break the water and you're like <gasps> trying to achieve that sort of thing. This one ended up being kind of difficult to, to sing. Now, in contrast, this particular song was fucking easy to sing, but fun as fucking hell. Like very, very fun. I I'm I'm on Spotify or not Spotify, YouTube music. I like all these songs because they're mine. And Alex's, and Todd's, and Oli's. So um when we had done the trifecta of songs, the first three songs that were part of my audition, this was one of the first songs that we wrote kind of more together. And um, I had, these lyrics came very, very, very quickly. And uh, they kind of relate more to um, a sense of, you know when you, people start throwing compliments at you there's moments in your life where everyone is just talking about you and everyone's had that moment where like hey that's fucking awesome it doesn't matter what it is maybe it was a drawing you did or um uh you scored a goal in soccer or something or you know hoops in, in basketball or whatever or in, in my case you know i, I sang a song and, and hit a particular note particularly when i sang um uh, White Wedding, this cover band, Classic Embers. And I sang this song, and there was this moment where, there was this moment where I sang, um, there's this, I can't remember, there's a point in the song where there's a, this note that you hold for forever. And back then, I was, like I said, I was running, I was doing weights. My intestinal fortitude was fucking phenomenal. I, was, I mean, it was 25 years old. And I would hold that note just fucking forever. And the audience would be like, huh, <gasps> <gasps> He's still going. He's still going. He's still going. And then I would bend backwards. So I'd be kind of straight up and then kind of leaning back, leaning back, leaning back, hitting the note, hitting the note, leaning back, leaning back, leaning back to the point where I'm almost like got my head, I'm bent backwards with my head on the ground almost, almost to that point. But I'd be hanging on like for dear life onto that microphone stand. And then finally let go of the note. When I let go of the note, the crowd would be like, fuck. You know, so that's kind of encaptured and uh, encapsulated in this song where I'm just fucking on a high. Like I'm, I'm performing, I'm on a high. The crowd's liking what I'm doing. I actually did something right where people are actually hearing me, hearing me for the first time. It's one of those moments where, you know, I say I'm in a band or, I say, you know, people are like, oh, 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 what a band. Like there, there's always these um, ideas of, Oh yeah, he's in a band. It's not real, or he's in a band. There's no way in hell I would like this fucking music, or he's in a band. You know, blah blah blah. Like, anyway, it's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm not really, um, I just feel sometimes like I I. I feel like I'm not 
I'm not respected for what I'm doing, I guess. You know, like, it's like, I'm not being taken seriously. I guess that's more it. Um, like, I'm not being taken seriously. And most of the time with music, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's music or my comic books or, or, or whatever. Like, I'm rarely, rarely taken seriously. And there's always like, yeah, <laughs> he plays music. <laughs> you know, like, there's always that. There's always that going on. And it's like, I don't know. I'm just not taken seriously. Most of the time, doesn't matter what endeavor I'm on. But like I, I can't ever really be taken seriously. And then there's that moment where you're doing what you're doing. And then all of a sudden people are like, oh wait. Wait a minute. Oh shit. Oh, he can sing. Oh, he can sing. Oh, wait, he's not half bad. You know, there's always that moment of um there's always that moment of like, oh shit, he actually knows what he's doing. Oh, he does taking this seriously. This isn't just a hobby. There's always that that coming through. So um so that moment where he's doing white wedding, I was like, holy okay, this guy actually is a singer. And I'm not saying I'm the great a great singer. I'm not saying I'm a great showman. I'm not saying I'm a great drummer or any of those things. But the idea is that being taken seriously for what you're doing, music is very fucking important to me. Very important. And, you know, like doing 45 minutes of warm up, going and 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 practicing for like three or four hours, and then doing a half hour cool down from that to preserve my voice going running for an hour doing an hour of weights there was a period during that time where i'd work out in the morning and i work out at night and then i would find time in, during the day to to go for a jog like all that shit that i did to keep my voice and then going for vocal lessons you know 45 minutes once a week and then learning and, and fucking doing homework and there was a period of time where i was um outside of practice nights or outside of performance nights Sometimes I would practice two or three hours a day. Like, you know, they're like, oh, well, you're into music. Are you very serious? Yeah, I would do it. I was fucking serious. And I will say that when I started out, my voice wasn't strong. And my dad wasn't in, in that band. My dad was in the band with me. And he was like, ah, Sean, you know, you're you're off pitch here. You're off. He was always critiquing. But it wasn't in a mean way. It was just sort of like, this doesn't sound good. Fucking do it better. Like dad always did that, but he didn't say it like that. He was like, hmm, you're off key there. Try to hit the key there this time. And if you didn't get it, he'd say, okay, play this. And he'd, dong, you know, he's like, okay, sing, sing, sing my note. Okay. That's where you got to be, Sean. That's where you got to be. Like he'd always be providing direction. Like, okay, you don't know what you're doing. I'm going to show you what you got to do. You know, he was always very good at that. But other things too, like just performance wise, he'd always be pointing out like, okay, well, you can't just stand there like a fucking birch tree or whatever. Like you got to engage the crowd. Like you are in charge. You are the, the, um, the ringleader for, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, you're the person that has the microphone. Not everybody has a microphone here in the band. You have a microphone for sure. So you got to talk to the crowd. And when your brother is tuning up his guitar or the bass player broke a string and he's got to replace his guitar. Or for some reason, the the drummer snapped his snare drum and he's got to put a new skin on. 
you're the person that's in charge of keeping the crowd engaged while that changeover is happening and keeping them engaged and keeping them entertained. So you have to know how to read the crowd, how to get them to react to you. So you have to be able to say something and they have to say something back. You, you're in charge of that. So the frustration I had when we were doing Dome was I still had that hat on that my dad pushed me so hard to master or to get better at anyway. <clears throat> um, it was very key for me to be able to keep the crowd engaged. So we had moments when we were playing as Dome where Oli and Alex are like, oh, what's are we doing next? I, I can't remember. Or, you know, like they'd be having a discussion. Okay, how does it, like, there'd be moments where, you know, the drummer's starting or the bass player's starting or the guitar player's starting and they're like, and then sometimes like, fuck, what's, um, I can't remember what the name of the song is. And, you know, someone would say, well, the song is penultimate. Well, how does that one start? And there'd be this discussion back and forth. And, and as the, the lyricist and vocalist, I know what every song is. I know how every vocal goes because there are words associated with the name of the song, associated with how I'm going to sing the song. So if I know the song is called Penultimate, oh, Penultimate, yes, that's a song about a band that nobody believes in that's going to make it despite everything. And they're going to show you that they are actually really that good. You know, I know that in my head instantly. I know how the how the vocal goes. I know how the melody goes. I know how I come in. I know if I go or whatever, like I know all that stuff, but the other guys in the band, they're approaching it from a musical perspective. That's guitar, bass, drums. They, they're not putting all those things together. They know it's dun, 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 or don't ding, do ding. Like that's, so, you know, the song should be named don't ding, do ding instead of, you know, penultimate right so so they'd be having this discuss, this discussion and at the time some in front of the microphone like fuck they don't know what song we're doing okay i gotta keep the crowd entertained so i'd start doing that thing and what would happen every fucking time which is really frustrating because i'm trying to be the ringleader here i'm trying to keep the crowd entertained keep them going oh fuck these guys don't know what they're doing and then go back to the drinks go back to the conversation they're having at the table they're like, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. you know, you, you you hear these live shows and you always hear these people talking in the audience and they're not paying attention to the fucking band. It's my job to make sure they don't fucking go back, turn the back on us and go to the person at their table and go, yeah, you know, did you watch the latest episode of Lost or did you watch the latest episode of Star, Star Trek or blah, blah, blah. You need to prevent them from doing that. You need to keep them engaged. And it's my job as the front person to like figure out how to not lose them. Because if you lose them for a second, it might take 30 seconds, a minute to bring them back. You can't afford to lose them. It's my job. So I took that job very seriously in every band I've been in because my dad kept kicking my ass and that's your fucking job. Do it. You know, I'd always worked very hard at making sure everything was, was good. So when I was doing that in Dome, I used to get pressure from one of the members of the band. I'm not going to name names, but very often he'd say, you know, you know, stop fucking dancing around, you know, be more metal, be more dangerous, you know? So, you know, I was expected to stalk the stage, like Phil Anselmo from Pantera. And it's like, I'm not fucking Phil Anselmo from Pantera. Like I'm actually here to 
My job is ringleader. My job is frontman. My job is I'm the the spokesperson for this band to the crowd because you guys don't have mics. I'm the only one that had a mic. Occasionally, um, our drummer would have a mic and he'd make comments. But, you know, it was my job to keep them engaged and to keep them interested when the band was retuning or, you know, detuning or, you know, whatever, whatever the story was. I had to figure shit out, but I got shit for it. Hey man, there's no band that's perfect. There's no band where everyone gets along. I don't know any band where everybody gets along, doesn't have a fight. And we had disagreements all the time. And it was about delivery to the crowd. It was always about delivery to the crowd. It's not heavy enough. It's too light. It's too dark. It's too heavy. It's too fast. Slow it down. Speed it up. You know, there was always that give and take. But I think that's what made Dome pretty fucking awesome, in my opinion. I think we pushed each other to be as good as we could. I know I wouldn't, like, initially... In the early version of the band, my vocals are completely different. The style, my delivery, my punch, where I put the punch, where I pull back, completely different than, you know, what ended up being on the album that's on all streaming services. Go check it out. Look for Dome We Are Machine. We Are Machine is the name of the album. Dome is the name of the band. Go check it out. But anyway, I was totally planning on doing something else here today, but I thought this would be interesting. Anyway. Fast Fred is out playing tonight and I didn't go see him and I feel bad about it. Hopefully I can go see the next show. But um, this is funny. You know, I just did a three hour podcast with, um, and the podcast will rock with a whole bunch of other people. Met some people I hadn't met before. Um, but anyway, um, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Thanks for listening. As always. Thank you for coming back to the show. I know we talk bullshit every week. I know we don't have a specific format. We're not breaking down someone's catalog. We're not um, fanboying over um, the Marvel Universe. Or we're not fanboying over um, Lost. You know, we don't have a specific format. We're all over the map, and that's okay because that's what we are. Um, we talk about what we talk about, dude. So, anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking us out. I really appreciate it. I am going to sign off now, and we'll see you on the flip side. Um, and hopefully, Todd, Karen, or Alex will be back for the next episode again. We've been here since 2016, man, 20 fucking 16. And I'm not tired doing this. I'm really still loving this show. So we'll see you guys on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in. Um, special thanks to Corey tonight. You gave me some, a few tips I need for, um, for, you know, for future growth of the show. And as my shirt says, let's handle this like fucking adults, rock, paper, scissors, rock, paper, scissors, Anyway, we'll see you guys on the flip side. And um, Sean Geek and Fast Rat will rock. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. And bye. Have a good day. Hey, gang. Sean Geek here. 
and fast fret and we have two storefronts if you are a t public fan you can browse our inventory over at t public which is tpublic.com forward slash sean geek podcast or redbubble.com slash people slash sean geek podcast you can get anything from either storefront from t-shirts stickers phone cases accessories of all kinds we're talking masks notebooks mugs pillows totes tapestries oh my oh my <laughs> everything's there <laughs> just go to those addresses also check the show notes and help support the show thank you goodbye bye